<clears throat> okay, welcome to Not So Famous, everyone. Welcome back to Not So Famous. What the fuck is up, Kyle? Um, <laughs> how was everyone? Uh, no one gave us a review last week. Oh, and we were <laughs> just like laying it out straight. <laughs> um, no one, we never did paparazzi of the week. Oh, because nobody is, re- no one is doing this. <laughs> No one's telling 10 of their friends about it. <laughs> no. Nope. Can we do a giveaway? <laughs> what would the giveaway be? Um, I don't Here's know. Here's two Advils and a... <laughs> and a... And a chapstick. <laughs> a, a McDonald's barbecue sauce. <laughs> okay, guys, you heard it here first. If you want two Advils and one barbecue... <laughs> McDonald's barbecue packet... <laughs> Plus shipping. Um, <laughs> just comment down below. And leave Instagram us a review. And leave us a review. A written review. A written review on Apple Podcast or anywhere you find us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine someone does it. They're like, please send me. Please send me the barbecue. Sandwich. I will. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to pay for shipping. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. What is on the weekly debrief? So I think... The biggest thing that happened this week for the weekly debrief is that Scotty Sire of the vlog squad made a video kind of, um, how would you say, like, negating everything Seth said. Right. And everything Seth is claiming. Yeah. People are saying that it comes across as, like, really, like, victim blaming. Yeah. Higher time, which I agree because... Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was logical in everything that he was saying. But it was but he like, was sort of like discounting Seth's feelings. And- yeah. And yes, he had did put in that thing about how Seth would do it a third time. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing about like being a victim is that like you do things wanting to please like the higher power I guess you could say you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like David is very much like regardless of how you think of him if you like him or not David is very much in control of this group like Mm -hmm. he he rules this group and all of them all Mm -hmm. of them try to do something crazy to get his approval like Mm -hmm. that's just the bottom line Mm -hmm. yeah well should we explain like what his video was what's going on yeah yeah so he was basically the first person from the vlog squad mm-hmm. in, in that group to come out and say, like, actually, David's a good person. And yeah. all of Seth's accusations is, like, completely false. Yeah. And what was, like, weird about it is that he kept, like, discounting Seth's feelings, like you yeah. were saying. But he was also saying how Seth, and I guess he provided, quote unquote, proof mm-hmm. that Seth was asking to do it again and again he was essentially giving consent yeah um but was what was really weird about the video is that there was like a video of david's yeah. text messages with seth mm-hmm. and it's back then yeah and it's david reading the text messages right so i really want to know when that video was taken right because how scotty got the video as well it- I was confused while watching it whether this video was taken years ago when this whole situation first happened or if or like, it was like yesterday was just like can I have those receipts mm-hmm. and it's just like 
it puts like David in this weird position. It's like, okay, so you're acknowledging these things. Yeah. But you're not publicly saying anything. Exactly. It just makes you feel shady, mm-hmm. sort of. And a lot of people think that um David asked Scotty to do it because a lot of people are pointing out that Scotty is like one of the more likable people from Vlog Squad. Mm-hmm. That like everybody really likes him and he's never really been through a scandal as far as I know mm-hmm. and a lot of people were like David's a really shitty friend for making Scotty do that because right. I, so far he's never done anything bad in our eyes mm-hmm. right so, what do you think of that because I honestly don't think that David's making him do it I think it's just like a friend a like, friend yeah well here's the thing so Trisha of course as soon as it came out, made like 10 videos. <laughs> and then Ethan did a whole podcast reacting to the video. And both mm-hmm. of them were like, why are you getting involved? This isn't, doesn't involve you. But here's the argument to that is Trisha got Ethan involved. And now right. every single podcast and thing that Ethan puts out involves David in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. And if you think of it, like Scotty is David's friend. So of course, regardless you're going to stick up for your friends regardless right. if he's wrong or not, mm-hmm. you know? I think Scotty, like, in that whole entire group is involved, like, involuntary. Involuntarily. Yeah, Even think, if they weren't there, it's just, like, they yeah. know how... You're part of the group. I yeah. Mean, the, they are the vlog squad. Right. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they, are the they are the vlog squad. <laughs> um, and also, I really, really did not... So Scotty mentions that Seth put up the video of Aaron completely naked saying the n-word mm-hmm. and then um Ethan what I didn't like is that Ethan said on his podcast mm-hmm. that it wasn't revenge porn and that um he does say that it was wrong of him to do that it was wrong of him to use the video but it's not revenge porn and everybody's like well Aaron said it was what happened to believing the victim Right. How is it not though? Like, yeah. How is it so here's not? here's how the video came out in the, the first timeline. place. Mm-hmm. So um, I think this was when she was in college and she was very intoxicated. You could tell. Like I've seen the video because it just mm-hmm. like came up on my timeline mm-hmm. months ago, and you could tell she is like gone, wasted. Mm-hmm. And so apparently it was her ex boyfriend who had the video, and mm-hmm. he was blackmailing her saying like if you don't pay me this amount of money I'm gonna release it oh my god yeah and she was like I I'm, I'm not gonna pay you money so he yeah. released the video so the video well, itself first, he should literally go to jail <laughs> yeah that video itself is revenge porn regardless yeah. of the mm-hmm. the way it's used whatever it's revenge porn mm-hmm. and Aaron has apologized for it multiple times she's like she's made videos about it she's donated and I'm not saying that like that makes it okay. Like, that makes it okay, or like, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm just telling you what she did. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, again, I don't think people realize how violating it is, especially the circumstances of how the video got out. Mm-hmm. To see that like come up years later again, that right. must be traumatizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what you think got wrong is. Seth put that video out first with it uncensored. Mm-hmm. And then he got a ton of backlash and then went and edited the video and put a black bar over her. Mm-hmm. He, 
after the backlash, he should have never done it. He should have just taken them down. Yeah. Well, yeah. The fact that he goes through the process of editing it and re-uploading yes. it. Yes. And then here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Trisha Paytas retweets the unedited version onto mm-hmm. her timeline. Right. Which we have yet to seen Ethan, Trisha, anybody talk about. Exactly. And I know for a fact it happened because I saw it. Mm-hmm they just keep going back and forth they're like oh well scotty why didn't you mention this and it's like well trisha why didn't you mention this yes and then ethan also says that um that video has nothing to do with the situation it it does now like it's a part of it yeah. people are bringing up bringing it up well, seth didn't, brought it didn't, in didn't like seth post it because of this entire situation well, months ago, when the Black Lives Matter movement really started getting, like, re-upping with all right. of the, like, the deaths, mm-hmm. um, he made a video calling out the racism in the vlog squad, and mm-hmm. he made a video about the racism and included that video in mm-hmm. the video. So it so all just, that, like, st- it just, it is, like, it's... Yeah. But it's another really... Point, another point that I wanted to um, talk about is how a lot of, like, how you mentioned earlier, a lot of people are, like, people that used to be fans of Ethan's are like, why are you only posting about David Dobrik and yeah. now? Because now I, I saw that they did an ep- episode of David's new app. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you were bringing light to like a serious situation, but now you're yeah. just like going off and like talking about him. In other Literally. Ways. And I also have seen a lot of people saying that Trisha is using a lot of people's um, trauma, like Seth's trauma, Mm-hmm. as a way to validate her own mm-hmm. if you know that what makes I mean? a lot of sense yeah well it's like trisha she hops on to every influencer yeah. scandal no matter if they mm-hmm. involve her or not like exactly. the james charles like one. the james charles because she in her videos talks about like why is scotty talking about this well in the frenemies podcast when they talk about james charles she goes i had to rush home to make a video about it mm-hmm. she has nothing to do with james charles right regardless of like how you feel about it like mm-hmm. you what is your business making a full video about it with like mm-hmm. three ad rolls mm-hmm. you know what I mean like yeah especially when you're gonna accuse others mm-hmm. of not being like a like why are you inserting yourself in the situation when you weren't directly affected like how she was to Scotty yeah you do this all the time this is your main thing like you're not really known for anything else anymore except like calling people out calling people quote. out reacting to these things so it's, it's just like it's just, just it's just gonna go back and forth mm-hmm. for a while yeah no one's gonna be right at the end, yeah. the end of the day you know what I mean and I've also seen a lot of people being like um well Aaron said racist shit in the video so it's okay that this happened or um Seth being people saying that like oh he released this video of Aaron so who cares what happened to him I think Mm -hmm. people are forgetting that you are allowed to feel bad for multiple people at a time like we do not live in a black and white world like people are so like quick to choose a side and not see see that like all of these people have been wronged like all parties you heard it here first I think we said that like three episodes ago before all of this broke out is that, like, you're allowed to feel sorry for multiple people. I'll never right. forget. I can't remember his last name. Um, he was in Jesse, the actor who passed away. Oh, Cameron Cameron Boyce. Boyce. Mm-hmm. The gr- this girl that I know 
tweeted, um, you all care about Cameron Boyce, but not the people at the border or something like that. Or like not the people who are dying in war or something absurd like that. And everybody was like, "Um, dot, dot, dot. I'm allowed to feel bad for multiple things. Right, like, like I, I have the capability. Situations, like <laughs> I just have one more thing. One yeah. comment on one of Trisha's, I sent you this comment mm-hmm. on one of Trisha's videos goes, um, this is a, a quote. I feel like I would be more on your side if you didn't threaten to ruin everyone that crosses you. That's the only reason you care. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, I don't know like and we are not sitting here saying that Trisha's story isn't valid mm-hmm. like I totally believe like there's the video proof in his vlogs that like she was very uncomfortable she right. was violated a lot of times mm-hmm. but like we said like people are pointing out that like she's using a lot of other people's traumas to validate her own right I just it's so like the whole thing is so hypocritical like from every side every yeah. <laughs> like, yes. everyone is being it's so the, um, like it's this the spider-man meme where he's like pointing like, fingers pointing at himself <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally and the thing is is like a lot of this could have been done already if david and jason came out with a statement being like i'm sorry that he felt uncomfortable yeah, I you know agree. What I, mean? I agree. I just feel like them not saying anything, it, them being silent, makes so makes much it worse. worse. Yeah, and you see it like on all of David's TikToks. It's all the the comments, all the comments. So it's and like it's just embarrassing. I know. I like. I don't. But the thing is, is like so far, there's really been no repercussions for David, except oh, for Setha, Setha, Trisha, and Seth. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> by them <laughs> except for Trisha and Seth both coming out with their stories there's really no been no other repercussions than that you know what's also interesting you know how Trisha was mentioning how an article was going to come out yeah. in that video has that ever happened did an article come out no <laughs> <laughs> she was like there's so many like other stories and I was like okay like I'm interested to hear them yeah. she was saying how I don't she was like I was just talking to a girl last night about it and nothing ever happened with that nothing so I don't know I don't know you can't trust anyone like you cannot trust anyone in what they say well also uh bad baby um Bahad Bobby Bahad Bobby (laughs) um tweeted something about how she has a story about those two weirdos and that Mm -hmm. he still owes her money yeah I did see that so Which we'll I didn't know that David would pay people for them to appear in his videos. I think like cameos, you know, like yeah. celebrity cameos, I guess. Yeah. They could pay. But yeah, I didn't know that either. Or maybe like what happened was that she thought she was going to give paid for it. Well, yeah. you know, actually what was weird about her in that in that certain video that she was in, hmm. they had to take it down. They did? Because of her. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. So Why I think, did they like I think it's because like she thought she was gonna get paid or something with money and like, she wasn't didn't. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh interesting. This is years ago though. Yeah. And Trisha also mentions a lot about how like Jason has kids and like things happen in the house that are weird with the kids in them and it's just it feels I don't know I feel like she shouldn't mention his kids like it's not her place I agree you know I what agree. I mean but it 
this is another topic for another day, but it, it was weird when Jason Nash was living with Todd Scott. Yeah. And I forget who else, but, but it, like again, weird. it's weird, but there's so much that we don't know because you're right. You're right. The kid's mom was okay with it. You're right. So I just because sort of the kids would like come and stay, like yeah, and it's divorce. Yeah, so it's just like Trisha. I just feel like you can make arguments without mentioning kids, and you. She always talks about how like you got to leave the minors out of it. Those kids are minors. She brings it. Yeah, she brings. <laughs> you brought them mind. up, so it's. I don't know. I think the I whole thing know. is very messy and there's a way to do this without bringing other people in mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but Literally, the people the, the people yeah. have been brought in though like and so i don't know i just think like we said everybody is very hypocritical literally the best way to describe it is that meme i just like picture everyone being yeah <laughs> pointing <laughs> but you did this but you did yeah that. you did this and it's just like okay Shut up. <laughs> Please shut up. What really matters now is David needs to come out and say something. I think that everyone should just take accountability of what they did. Exactly. Wrong. And like, it'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't want to hate you, but you're sort of like making us hate you. You're sort of making us hate you. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening. Okay. So that happened. Yep. Um, James Charles just uploaded a new video, and um, like I said a couple weeks ago when we first talked about the situation, yeah, <laughs> I said um, nothing's gonna happen because he's gonna be off the internet for a couple weeks, and then he's gonna upload a video like nothing happened, and that's what happened. That's what he did. Yeah. So there was no other like. Let me see what type of video he released. <laughs> I mean, people are still making comments about, like, how he's a predator and stuff like that, but. So what did he, like, leave off on in that situation? What, him just saying, like, it's all false? He said, um, as soon as I found out that he was a minor, I stopped communication. Oh, right. And then I saw one boy put, like, on Snapchat or something, like, I'm going to the police, hashtag my sister. But, like, still, we don't know what's happening with that. I'm going to the police hashtag. Bye, sister. <laughs> Pretty funny. That's funny. Yeah. He so he, humor. yeah, the video that James Charles released yesterday. Oh my god, it was yesterday. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. Destroying my palette and turning it into paint. <laughs> so like, okay. Oh wait, I remember. Oh my gosh, I re- I remember when he uploaded that because people were like why is your shirt inside out because he wore his shirt inside out the entire time and he's like oh yeah wait speaking of james charles have you seen um those tiktoks of (laughs) this guy like pretending to be on facetime with james but it's really just like a recording of james charles live but they edit his words of making him seem like really rude you haven't We'll post on the Instagram because it's really funny. And the first one that this guy did, James commented and was like, oh my God, this is going to get me into a scandal. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Because it looks real. It's like, 
it's like, oh, James, you like my makeup? And he's like, no, it's actually ugly. But it's just like a clip of like him saying, it's not actually him yeah. saying it, obviously. So moving on. The next thing in our weekly debrief. Mm-hmm. People think that Bryce Hall cheated on Addison Ray. Mm. and it's like a huge thing because a whole bunch of like those paparazzis like the hollywood flicks and stuff like that are like chasing after addison and they're like addison addison what about bryce what happened with bryce (laughs) and she's always like she's covered up and she's like i hey i really don't want to talk about this right now and like they chase her to the point where she gets in her car and she starts crying okay i saw that video she's okay it the way okay I get it's, like, really personal and, like, paparazzi shouldn't be asking that stuff. But, like, the way she started crying was, like, so dramatic. Do you agree? I didn't watch it. Oh, well, it just, it seems like she's, like, faking it, sort of. Because she's wearing the sunglasses, the mask, the hood. And it's, like, she's, like, taking off the sunglasses to, like, like, wipe away her tears. Mm -hmm. And I'm, like, girl, what are you doing? How old is Addison? Um, like, 20, 19 around there it's just like i don't know i don't get how like these paparazzi people can get like 20 she was born in 2000 whoa that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) um but like it's like just like the paparazzi like i wouldn't even like listen to what they were saying i would just like go on with my day like i don't care what they're saying you know i don't know maybe it's different I don't know. I'm sure, like, it gets frustrating because it happens literally every day for them. Right. So, like, when it happens every single day, wouldn't you just be used to it and you know that they're going to ask those types of questions? Well, look at Brittany. When, years ago, when she went and shaved her head and then attacked paparazzi with an umbrella. (laughs) Let me not You know what I mean, though? It's like... I agree. It, it I must think get, that, like... I think that paparazzi was, like, way more intense, though. Yeah, probably. But I'm sure if she's a 20-year-old girl, mm-hmm. and she thinks that her boyfriend just cheated on her, and these paparazzis are attacking her with questions about that, I'm sure, like... <laughs> you like... Maybe you just have to You just don't video. like Addison. You think she's <laughs> she freaky. Just, no, I think her mom, I think her mom is weird. <laughs> Addison's fine. But um it's just like you could cry with your sunglasses on. <laughs> oh that God. sounds really horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Look. Look, all I'm saying is it's just it looked like she was making it seem like she wanted them to video it. Hmm, like video of her crying. I could be wrong. Again, disclaimer, Addison, and everyone that we speak on this podcast, we don't hate you. We would actually love to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to stir the pot. You're just being the devil's advocate. Sure. Okay. So we've spoken about Quinn Blackwell before. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on Vine. Now she's on TikTok. She's doing a lot of like, she was recently like on a Skims promotional ads and stuff like that Mm -hmm. she went on a podcast and said that bryce hall was a domestic terrorist (laughs) wait what yeah because they were like how do you feel about bryce hall and she goes as a comedian 
I think he's a terrorist, a domestic terrorist. <laughs> That's even more fun here because Quinn and Addison are like really good friends. Too. Are really good friends. <laughs> so it's all, and it's also like okay, if your friends don't like your boyfriend, like you remember? I think we talked about this, but um, the TikTok of Bryce, like I don't know, like flexing his arm so muscles with in front Addison. of her, and, and Quinn <laughs> is just screaming. <laughs> Yeah, so people are really, really upset about the fact that she called them a domestic terrorist. They're like, well, I can uh, see why. Yeah, they're like, um, this isn't funny. It's not funny to joke about terrorism. <laughs> and I'm like, it's a little funny. Like, I won't lie. It's just like so, like, it's just so out there and so intense. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right. Like, as you think. <laughs> like, Prince was a 21 year old boy. <laughs> It was just like a, a fucking idiot. Like he just dances in front of his phone. For he a dances bit. and then tries to fight people. That's like what he does. So maybe he is like a domestic terrorist. Maybe, maybe, maybe Quinn's onto something. Yeah. Also, is she, is she still living with Diplo? No, she has her own place. I think. Okay, <laughs> we may have to cut this out. But in popular opinion, Diplo is hot. Wait, am I thinking the right? Yeah, I am. I am. You think Diplo's hot? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Right? Why not? Yeah, I could see it. <laughs> it's just his hair. Like, I get it. He's old and he's, like, losing his hair. <laughs> but that aside, he's... Yeah, I he's good looking dude. And he also has a ton of money. So, like, like we so said. I would do almost anything for Jack. <laughs> This is so random, but do you know at the Strand, they have, like, at the cash register or something, or just, like, on a shelf, they have, like, a bucket of these little tiny hands? Yeah. That's what, like, reminds me of Bryce Hall. The Strand's bucket of tiny hands. That's that's pretty funny, Emily. (laughs) Adam Levine of Maroon 5 Mm -hmm. has said, I don't know why he's saying this, but he said um, that there are no more bands. <laughs> and everyone's like, what, what does that mean? Literally, what does that mean? So, like, Haley Williams from Paramore was like, LOL, I guess Paramore broke up? <laughs> like, there's a lot of Wait, bands. Literally, what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He just, like, tweeted that? Yeah. There are no more bands. <laughs> I don't know if he tweeted it, but he's quoted saying there are no more bands. And everybody's Isn't like, Isn't he in a band? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moon 5 is just nothing to you now? I guess so. Your songs are <laughs> shitty anyways now. Go back to the original. We want moves like Jagger. Not me. I don't want that. <laughs> Why not? Moves like Jagger, Emily. <laughs> That's a good Maroon Five song. Um, what, what's what's a good? I don't even know any other. She song. will be loved. This love. Oh, that's like for that's like years. Harder years to ago. breathe. I don't know that one. Sunday morning. Sunday, Sunday morning. morning solid. <laughs> she will be loved. That's one of my fave songs. Yeah. But I honestly didn't know it was Maroon 5. <laughs> well, that song is so old. It's like Yeah, these are like the 2000s. Let me see. Let me see. 
Well, Moves Like Jagger was from 2010. Yeah. Not the Moves Like Jagger. Moves. <laughs> <laughs> Songs about Jane, though, um, came out in 2002, which is the album that has um, She Will Be Loved, Sunday Morning, Harder to Breathe. Yeah, because I remember I used to listen to those songs on my Kids Bop CD. <laughs> like, that's how I know any old song is from Kids Bop. Wow. I have video I have video of me saying Kids Bop is the best music. Like, when I was a kid, I was like, it's the best. Whoa. <laughs> I, it was like a dream of mine to be, like, be a Kids Bop kid. Well, I never had Kids Bop. Really? Never. I had probably like one through probably like 15. Whoa. Never. Well, my brother and sister are like both so much older than I am. So like, mm-hmm. I guess I was exposed to like, I was listening to Viva La Vida by Coldplay when it yeah. first came out. Like, Well, Viva La Vida was on Kids Pop. So that's how I know it. <laughs> Whoa. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> it's just the truth. It's just the truth. You know what's revolutionary? These, um, Tell me. the charging mats that you just have to put your phone on mm-hmm. and it charges your phone. Interesting. That's pretty crazy. It is, like, the future's now. I just need your thoughts on this. I need your thoughts on this. Tell me. Isn't the technology of cameras crazy? Yes. How do you how do you take a still from real life and take it and put it on a camera and make it a picture? It's it's crazy. I, I think about like movies. Like, how did you do that? Like, how do you get, like, me? I'm, like, in real life right now. How do you take, how do you pause that for a second and take real life and put it into a camera? That makes zero, like, like, I'm literally just sitting in front of this laptop right now. How does it know what exactly I'm doing right now? I know. And also, like, Zoom is crazy. FaceTime, insane. But I'm just like, how did they figure out that technology so long ago? I know. And how did they think? How did even? How did they even know to think of it? You know, oh, what that I just mean? unlocked like a new question for me. Like, how did they? I want to have a picture. Like, how did they know? <laughs> you know. Also, like, how did they see without glasses? Well, they've been had glasses. Not forever, though. For a long time. I guess you just didn't see. Because, like, me in the 200s, I would be blind. Like, I would probably be literally, like, just doing nothing. Because I literally wouldn't be able to see anything. Um, Glasses were invented. Well, first eyeglasses were estimated to have been made in northern Italy. Most likely in Pisa, about 1290. Wow. That's really crazy. Yeah. It's like, that's like another like weird technology where it's like, how did they figure that out so early on? And also I think about it a lot about how like babies, I'll see like baby babies wearing glasses. How did you know the baby couldn't see? The baby can't talk. 
the baby couldn't be like, I can't see. How did the baby? Also, if that's that baby's whole life of being blurry eyed, how did they know that's not correct? You know? No, you're. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But it's also like dogs. How do you know a dog is blind? I don't know. I'm still going back to the picture thing. Like, how does a camera work? How, how do you take something that's in real life and in real time and put it on a camera? I'm right there with you, Emily. I don't it know. Makes zero sense to me. And I think about it like probably three times a day. Interesting. Well, I always think about like, well, how do they know to invent these type of things? That's where I'm at. Like, yeah. how did they know to invent the camera? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess it's just like you have to have a certain like way of thinking to be an yeah. inventor. Because it's even like now, how did they know to create a cell phone? Yeah. Like, how do you just think of something that's not ex- that's not mm-hmm. here yet? How did they know to create the Apple TV? <laughs> that's so specific. <laughs> I don't know. Like, who created Wi-Fi? How did they know that we could do that? What? And that's another thing. What is Wi-Fi? It's things that you can't see. That makes really no sense. No to sense. Me. I to get me. like radio waves. Well, do not I really. Even get I, that? I don't get that. Actually, <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> like how? I don't know, Emily. And why is it like when you're like, I don't know, saying like have like a cement wall or something? It blocks why, out the Wi-Fi. Yeah, why is it harder? Just put the Wi-Fi in the room. I don't, like... <laughs> like, what is Wi-Fi? Like, what is that? Yeah, why... Why can't I if, see it? If you're telling me I'm getting this Wi-Fi from a fucking, um, what is it? What are those things in the sky, in the space? Oh, um... Satellites. Um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so okay you're telling me that i'm getting my wife from a, from a satellite in space wait who's telling you that i don't know i could have just made that up wait that's not true at all <laughs> where's the wi-fi coming from then you're like routers okay but then where are the routers getting it from i think it like makes it there I think I don't know I don't really don't know actually I don't know it's just like things that I can't see it's like what does that mean like you know how like you can like you know like you wave around your arm and you like feel the air but you can't yeah. see, you literally can't see it like what does that mean so there's some um there is satellite wife internet like there are internet providers who get their wi-fi from the satellites oh really like yeah um let me look so biostat also- <laughs> hughesnet i've never heard of these like where does uh uverse what that's a wi-fi at&t uverse that is where did wi-fi <laughs> what at&t uverse what is AT&T U-verse? It's an internet provider. <laughs> a Wi-Fi provider. What is U-verse? That's it's the just, name. It's just AT&T. No, that. Emily, I'm, look it up. It's called AT&T U-verse for <laughs> Wi-Fi. <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I 
you look at me like I'm an idiot and I'm not <laughs> no I just never heard of it and you kept saying it and I was like is that two separate ones that you're saying no AT&T U-verse is one thing so do people that have that just say they have AT&T I don't know because <laughs> AT&T is the company U-verse is like the Wi-Fi connection <laughs> Stop laughing at me. I don't, I don't agree. I don't agree. I have oh, never heard that. What do you mean life. you don't agree? I'm telling you. This is fact. <laughs> no one's no one's like, oh, my Wi-Fi, what do you have? Um, U-verse. They say AT&T U-verse. You know you've never heard anyone say that. I have because I'm saying it now. <laughs> I'm going to end this call. <laughs> Hey. Well, on. I have Verizon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what Verizon calls their Wi-Fi? Verizon. <laughs> they call it Verizon FiOS. Yeah, that's normal. And AT&T U-verse isn't? No. You're making me very angry. Because <laughs> you're wrong. Why? You're wrong. <laughs> Okay, maybe it's like technically called that, but no Emily, one ever I'm says that. I'm telling you, I've heard it. Like people do say like Verizon or Verizon FiOS. People say AT&T U-verse, Emily. I've heard it before. I've seen it in the commercials. I can't, just can't say that I have. I don't, I don't know. But you can't say nobody says it. Well, no one has said it to me. No one has ever well, said it around me. people don't want to talk to you about it. <laughs> <laughs> we have to move on. Because I'm getting angry. <laughs> so, so <laughs> Fine. <laughs> but I still don't agree. <laughs> Why can't you just ever be like, you're right, Caroline? Because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If exactly. Right. You don't know. So you can't give a definitive answer. I'm just saying it's never happened to me. I've never had that experience. Oh, it's never happened to you. So the whole world. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not saying we have to move on. We have to get back on track. <laughs> okay. I can't talk about this anymore. But I, I still stand by my point. And I stand by the fact that you are wrong and ignorant and <laughs> you and are you are entitled to your wrong opinion. No, it's literally not <laughs> even an opinion. <laughs> okay, so Nicolas Cage just got remarried for the fifth time, and this time to a 26-year-old. He has the same energy as that other guy. Um, Matthew Morrison? <laughs> nope, but good answer. Um, the guy from The Parent Trap, the dad. Oh, David Spade. De- <laughs> David Spade, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> it rhymes. Yeah, but those are two differently, totally different people. <laughs> so which one are you meaning to say? Dennis Quaid. Okay, Dennis Quaid. Um... Nicholas Cage is far weirder than anybody ever. Um, I don't know. I don't know about that. Dennis Quaid literally is like dating a 19-year-old when he's like 60 years old. Well, Nicholas Cage is 57 dating a 26-year-old. Dennis Quaid. <laughs> I also think Dennis Quaid's a Republican. That, really? I think so. So Dennis Quaid is 66 and his 
partner is 26 as well. Okay, yes, but I'm saying that in the grand scheme of things, take away the their their partners and their age gaps. Nicholas Cage is weird. What does he do? <laughs> Why did you a... say he's weird then? You've never he's seen treasure. <laughs> yeah, but Nicholas Cage is just a weird guy. Why? Because <laughs> I don't know, Emily. You just have to see the look of him. I know what he looks like, but I th- I get the same like feeling as Dennis Quaid when I think of both of them. Dennis Quaid is not wearing outfits like this. <laughs> he might be. I don't know. No, he's definitely not. Like, look. Wait, that doesn't look like him at all. It is him. <laughs> I'm just saying that also Nicolas Cage is not the best actor. He's I've like, only seen the National Treasure movie. What else has he even been in? He's been in a ton of movies. I think the guy has an Oscar. What? Really? Yeah. Which makes no sense to me. He's a f- part of the um, the Coppola family who are like rulers of movies. Oh, is that that's a director, right? Coppola? Yeah. Like Francis Ford Coppola. Mm-hmm. There's also a girl Coppola. Coppola. The Sarah? Rest of the Coppola's. I don't know. Say that again. He's a part of that family? He's a part of it. His <laughs> middle name is Kim. Nicholas Kim, Kim Cage. Cage. His real name is Nicholas Kim Coppola. Oh, wait, what? Cage isn't his last name? Nope. Sophia Coppola. That's who you're thinking of. Right. Wait. And then also Jason Schwartzman, who is an actor, and Jack Schwartzman, I should remember, are mm-hmm. all actors. So there's this huge lineage of families. But um, I can't believe his last name is in Cage. I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, and he, I can't believe he's literally related to is to that family. Yeah, they need to make another national treasure. Do they, though? Do we really yeah. need that? I loved those movies. You sound like my mom. I love... Look. I love people trying to steal shit. So, Alfie and Zoella mm-hmm. are expecting a baby! Yay! I'm really excited for them. It's kind of crazy. They've been together for so, for so long. long. I remember watching when the British like when British YouTubers were all the rage, mm-hmm. like Zoella, Alfie, um, Marcus Butler, Naomi Smart, mm-hmm. um, Jim Chapman, and Tanya Burr. Oof. Those are the times. Those yes, are the times. That was like the times. I, I remember, like I told you, um, wait, say what you're saying. Like when they weren't together and they put out the video about how like, it'd be so disgusting if we were together, we wouldn't be cute and all that shit. They did Another, that? Yeah, they put out a video where they were like, we're just friends. We would look oh. so good together. <laughs> I, like I told you, <laughs> literally in 2015, I was like, when I have a kid, I'm going to name my son Alf. <laughs> That's a cute him. name. It is, but it was like, but now it's it like, was back in the time. Back yeah. In the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for a dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so 
they're expecting baby so congrats congrats so that was it for the weekly debrief that was a good weekly debrief we covered a lot of things we talked about (laughs) wi-fi for a long time (laughs) as we should have yes so speaking about not letting people live Mm -hmm. wait what (laughs) i'm gonna be covering not letting people live that's i know it was really bad i'm gonna be covering the life career and death of natalie wood do not know who that is (laughs) um give you just this is for you emily Mm -hmm. have you ever seen west side story no (laughs) what about rebel without a cause you've heard of it never heard of that so Natalie Wood. Mm-hmm. Natalie was born in San Francisco on July 20th, 1938, to Russian immigrant parents. Uh, according to biographer, did I say that right? Biographer, biographer? Warren Harris, he wrote that the family's needy circumstances, um, that due to the family's needy circumstances, Wood's mother may have transferred her ambitions to her middle daughter. Her mother would take little Natalia to the cinema as often as she could. Natalie's only professional training was watching Hollywood children stars from her mother's lap, uh, Harris wrote. Um, and then Natalie would later recall this time. My mother used to tell me that the cameraman who pointed his lens out to the audience at the end of the Paramount Newsreel was taking my picture. I'd pose and smile like he was going to make me famous or something. I believe everything that my mother told me. So she was born Natalia. Mm-hmm. Um, shortly after she was born in San Francisco, the family moved to Santa Rosa. Natalie, Natalia was often called Natasha, which is like the Russian way of, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's noticed by members of a crew during a film shoot in downtown Santa Rosa. So her mother soon moved the family to Los Angeles to further pursue a career for her daughter. Mm-hmm. So after... Natalia started acting as a child. David Lewis and William Goetz were studio executives um, at RKO Radio Pictures, changed her name to Natalie Wood in reference to the director, Sam Wood. Okay. Now, I'm going to say a ton of names and a mm-hmm. ton of movies that you will probably never know. Okay. Just know that these are like, <laughs> these are famous people. Never know. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll never know this. Right. So, Wood's younger sister... Svetlana Gurdin, mm-hmm. um, the family had changed their surname, was born in Santa Monica after the move, um, and now she's known as Lana Wood. She also became an actress. Mm-hmm. So a few weeks before her fifth, fifth birthday, mm-hmm. um, Natalie made her film debut, debut as a character actress in a 15-second scene in the film Happy Land, which was in 1943. And despite... 1943? Yeah. She was born in uh, 1938. Huh. Yeah. So despite it being such a small part, um, the director really took a liking to her. Irving Pitchell, I think is how you say his last name. I have no idea, honestly. Mm-hmm. So he was, he like really liked this five-year-old and like, remained in contact with the family for two years and he would advise them when another role came up so he would call them up and be like hey 
there's a role coming you should have her audition Mm -hmm. things like that um so he called natalie's mom and asked her to bring her daughter to los angeles for a screen test um her mother became so excited that she quote packed the whole family off to los angeles to live according to um harris the biographer Mm -hmm. Wood's father did not did not like this idea, and he like was very against moving to LA. Mm-hmm. But um, her mom was quote overpowering ambition. His had an overpowering ambition to make Natalie a star mm-hmm. because apparently her mother really wanted to be an actress. She really wanted to be in the limelight herself. But I guess at this point she had become too old. Uh-huh. So she was like, let me just make my daughter the star. <laughs> let me live through my child. Yes. It's like, um, pad, what is it? Tab- Toddlers and Sierras. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, according to Natalie's younger sister, Lana, the director, um, Irving Pitchell, discovered her and wanted to adopt her. Mm. Yeah. So Natalie then at seven got the part. Um, she played post-war world war ii german (laughs) excuse me let me backtrack she played a post-world war ii german orphan um opposite of orson welles orson welles yeah so i like know the name for some reason yeah so um and this is the movie tomorrow is forever in 1946 so there's a story of Natalie not being able to cry on cue because she's seven years old. Right. So her mother tore a butterfly to pieces in front of her to ensure she would sob for a scene. That's illness. <laughs> right? Wait, so did you know? Sorry. Um, what are those people called that make people, that make like babies cry on sets? I don't know. There's like a job for that. Like, I didn't know that. Really? And it's like called a certain thing? I had no idea. Really? I think. It's a job. <laughs> Interesting. I had no idea. So then Orson later said that uh, Natalie was born professional and, quote, she was so good she was terrifying. So Wood was in another film directed by Pitchell, The Bride Wore Boots, um, and then she went to 20th Century Fox to play Jean Tierney's daughter in The Ghost and Mr. Mirror. I don't know. Mm. If that's it. So, her best known like film she did as a child was Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, mm-hmm. um, and this was at Fox. She plays a little girl who believes that one of the characters is Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. This film like becomes a Christmas classic movie. Right. Um, and at the time, she was counted among the top child stars in Hollywood after the film. And she was so popular that Macy's invited her to appear in the Macy's Day Parade that same year. Oh. Yeah. Um, so she played, after that, she played a bunch of different roles in, like, family films, Driftwood, Scudder Who, Scudder Hay, Chicken Every Sunday, <laughs> The Green Promise, Fred McMurray's daughter, and Father Was a Fullback. Um, she was in like just a ton more songs mm-hmm. um so a ton more songs a ton more movies, movies. in in and all as a child she appeared in 20 films oh my god i know 
Um, and this is at 1952, so I don't know how old she is yet mm-hmm. at, in 1952, but she's still very much a child. Um, she's also in... Wait, you said um, she's born in the 30s? 1938. Oh, okay. So probably like in the like teens, teens yeah. Yeah. Um, so she was a minor during her early years as an actress, obviously. And um, there is a law and that... As a minor, you have to have at least three hours a day in the classroom mm-hmm. on set. So she she was quoted as being a straight A student, and she was very good at math. Mm-hmm. And uh, director Joseph L. Mankiewicz mm-hmm. <laughs> directed her in The Ghost of Mrs. Mayor. Said that quote: "In all my years in the business, I never met a smarter puppet." Um, and then Natalie herself said. I always felt guilty when I knew the crew was sitting around waiting for me to finish my three hours. Mm-hmm. As soon as the teacher let us go, I ran to the set as fast as I could. So Natalie's mom continued to play a significant role in her daughter's early success. She would coach her and micromanage aspects of her career and mm-hmm. her life. Um, and this is even after she, Natalie herself, had gotten herself agents. Her mom would still like step in and overstep. Right. So, as a child actress, she received significant media attention by the time she was nine. She was named the most exciting juvenile motion picture star of the year. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, she then, as a teenager from 1953 to 54, she played a ton. A ton of like small guest roles in a bunch of TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, she successfully made the transition from child star to ingenue, which is like what you call like the damsel in distress and like the the girl and the love interest in movies. Yeah. Kind of thing. So at sixteen, she co-starred in a movie with James Dean and Rebel Without a Cause, which is, like, considered to be a cult classic. Um, James Dean is, like, someone who is considered to be a classic actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so the film itself was about teenage rebellion. Um, Natalie had to sign a long-term contract with the Warner Brothers, but she um, she was nominated for Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. For this oh. Movie. Mm-hmm. She later said it was the first script she read that she actually wanted to do as opposed to being told by her fa- parents to do it. Right. All of the things that she had done before, her mother was like, you're doing it. Yeah, like, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the first movie where she was like, I found it, I want to do it, I'm going to do it. And her right. parents were, like, opposed to her doing it, which was so dumb because she was nominated for an Oscar. Right. Like, this is going to be a hit. <laughs> She even says, until then, I did what I was told. So, okay, in 1956, she graduates from Van Nuys High School, which is in L.A. Mm-hmm. She signs with Warner Brothers and was kept very busy um, for the rest of that decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and she played a lot of, like, the girlfriend roles in these movies. Mm-hmm. And she's quoted saying that it was, like, so unsatisfying for her. Right. Um, she... The studio cast her in two films opposite of Tab Hunter, um, and they had hoped that the duo would uh, turn into, like, a box office hit, but mm-hmm. that never happened. And I, I feel like p- 
people who do shows that they don't want to do and they're not satisfied or never like you could tell right they're They're not into it yeah yeah um so she i'm trying to see if it this like i'm trying to cut it down to Mm -hmm. see if it's even worth it um so she began doing more like she started widening her range of acting styles mm-hmm. um so it's been quoted her former childlike sweetness was now being combined with the noticeable restlessness that was the characteristic of the youth of the 1950s mm-hmm. she was the leading lady opposite to frank sinatra in kings go forth no way crazy to me frank yeah. um and then after that she started refusing roles and was then put on suspension by Warner Brothers, and it lasted for a year until February 1959. So she was suspended because she didn't want to do anything? She was like, I don't want to do these girlfriend roles. Like, give me something where I'm the lead character. Right. Mm -hmm. And they were like, no. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, suspended. Shut up. (laughs) So she returned to be a leading lady to James Gardner and Cash McCall in 1960. Mm Mm-hmm. So she um, was in a movie called All the Fine Young Cannibals in 1960 as well. And mm-hmm. um, this was like a box hop office flop. Like it didn't do anything. So um, at the, around this time, she was starting to lose momentum. Um, people say that at this point in her career, it's like a transition because um, she was considered still as a child or as a teenager. And at 1960, she's like almost 30. Right, yeah. So she's like, can I please stop playing teenager? <laughs> please, yeah. Like, I'm getting older now, so mm-hmm. let my roles become older. Right. So um, so after a series of bad films, her career was in decline. She was then cast in um, Splendor in the Grass with Warren Beatty. And um, she was like this kind of rebounded her career um she was like the character was a looser girl um Mm -hmm. and wood's character could not handle the sexuality after a breakdown was committed to a mental institution Hmm. so like it was like whoa yeah what so that role kind of like brought her back to life and like really helped her expand her acting Mm mm-hmm if you know what I mean. Being like, oh, I can do these, I like, do these, like, lead roles. Intense, like... In-depth roles. Committed to an insane asylum type of thing. Yeah. So, um, she... The director of that was... Um, by the last name is Kazan, I think. And mm. a lot of people think that, for him, um, it helped her brought in her acting because she was never trained like she had no training right other being like here's what you do and all this stuff mm-hmm. the acting but being directed by these directors like helped her a lot mm-hmm. um sorry so also then for her performance in splendor Mm-hmm. Wood received nominations for the Academy Award, Golden Globe, and a BAFTA Award for Best Actress in a Leading Role. Wow. So that's her second award. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. 
goes on to play Maria and West Side Story, which is how I know her. Oh, okay. I know, like, what she looks like then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So West Side Story is a story about a young Puerto Rican girl who falls in love with a white ex-gang member. Mm-hmm. And so it's based off the play Romeo and Juliet. Um, even though Natalie is not Puerto Rican, and they did put half of those people in brownface to play Puerto Ricans. Right. She, this is considered like her best performance ever. Mm-hmm. And she didn't even sing her role. She like lip synced them. Like, oh, did she? Yeah. This, it's sung by a different person completely. Interesting. The people still, even knowing that, were like, no, she was incredible. She was still good. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. So, um, but she did go on to sing in the film Gypsy in 1962. Mm-hmm. Um, her appearance in that film led to critic Pauline Keel to comment, clever little Natalie Wood, the most machine-pulled of the Hollywood ingenues. Hmm. So, in 1964, at the age of 25, Wood receives her third Academy Award nominations for The Love with the Proper Stranger in 1963. Three making Natalie the youngest person to score three Oscar nominations at the time. Wow. This is broken later by Jennifer Lawrence in 2013 and Trisha Ronan in 2017. Okay. We're both nominated for three by the age of 23. Okay. Kind of crazy. That is really crazy. She still, like, was the first person to break that Mm -hmm. record. So director Sidney Pollack was quoted saying that would Natalie... When she was right for the part, there was no one better. She was a damn good actress. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Inside Daisy Clover and This Property is Condemned, both of which co-starred Robert Redford, Wood received Golden Globe nominations for Best Actress. After oh. the release of the films, so she received, suffered emotionally and sought professional therapy after these movies. Mm-hmm. She paid Warner Brothers... I'm so bad at reading numbers for some reason. <laughs> With all the zeros. Yeah, $175,000 to cancel the contract. Oh my god. She then fired her entire support team, agents, managers, publicists, accountant, and attorneys. So by this time, she was one of the biggest stars in Hollywood among Elizabeth Taylor and Audrey Hepburn. But mm-hmm. she was like, you could tell, she was just so fucking tired probably. Yeah. She was like, I'm done. Like, goodbye. Like, <laughs> I, I need to go. be done. <laughs> yeah. So, although many of her films were commercially successful at the times, her mm-hmm. acting was very criticized. Mm-hmm. In 1962, Wood was given the Harvard Lampoon Award for being the worst actress of last year, this year, and next. How awful. That's so rude. But she was the first performer to attend the ceremony and accept the award in person. Well, at least she, like, makes light out of it, yeah. I guess. And the Harvard Crimson wrote that she was quite a good sport. Um, so That's so mean, though. You know, she did a movie, Penelope, in 1963, which is so crazy how, like, back-to-back these movies are. Because mm-hmm. nowadays, an actor will do a movie and then, like two years later a movie comes out of theirs right um, yeah she has a movie coming out that feels like every six months yeah and it takes so long to film a movie yeah. like i can't even imagine she's she has them coming out literally like on a schedule it's like, crazy it's so many movies mm-hmm. also like by the time what was it she was what a teenager she had done 20 movies yeah what like that's so intense 
So, um, she did a movie in Penelope in 1966. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't get the reception that they had hoped, so she took a three-year hiatus from acting. Um, she was actually announced to be in a movie called I Never Promised to Go Rose Garden, but actually, she was like, never mind, I'm still tired. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> so, in 1969, she is in a movie called Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. Mm-hmm. And it's a comedy about sexual liberation. And it was... Um... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. So after... She gets, <laughs> pregnant, <laughs> she gets pregnant in, in 1970. Mm-hmm. Their first child, Natasha Gregson. She goes into semi-retirement. And would only act for four more theatrical films during the remainder of her life. Okay. Um, she then is makes a brief cameo of herself. Like, she plays herself in the mm-hmm. movie The Candidate. Once again, working with Robert Redford. So, would we are nights on the screen with Robert Wagner in a television film of the week called The Affair. And it's with Laurence Olivier and Wagner. And then she's also in another movie called the cat on a hot tin roof which is based off a play mm-hmm. um in between this she makes a movie called pep peeper with michael kane um she makes appearances on robert wagner's primetime detective series called switch mm-hmm. um and then in heart to heart which is another one of his tv shows and then um after a very long break she appears in the ensemble disaster film called Meteor in 1979, mm-hmm. and it's with Sean Connery. And then she's in another comedy called The Last Married Couple in America, and um, it's her performance was praised and considered reminiscent of her appearance performance in Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. Um, she actually like breaks ground with this movie because she's considered at this time to be clean mm-hmm. like with a middle class image she uses the f-, f word she says fuck okay in a in a discussion with her husband and this is like the first time that anybody's ever seen a woman say that word like it's, oh really it's like crazy people like we're like whoa whoa <laughs> <laughs> you look like that and you're saying fuck that doesn't make sense no <laughs> this doesn't add up no. so people like she actually like broke some ground with this mm-hmm. so during this time she had a lot more success in television than in the movies um in 1979 she did the cracker factory she did from here to eternity um she got like golden globe awards and nominees for these um so the la- her last um, completed production was called um, The Memory of Ava Riker mm-hmm. in um, 1980. Mm-hmm. So at the time of her death, she was filming a $15 million science fiction film in 1983 called Brainstorm, and it co-starred uh, Christopher Walken. She was then scheduled to make her stage debut on February 2nd, 1982 in Anastasia. Um, she even purchased rights to films, uh, to, like to books, and she was gonna start like producing these films and she was gonna start starring in movies again. Mm-hmm. 
Um, she was expected to follow her performance as Anastasia on stage and then adapt a movie into it. Okay. That didn't work out, obviously. <laughs> um, so the ending of Brainstorm had to be rewritten and Wood's character written out of the last three ste- scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that all happens. The, rele- the film was released postpartum. Humorous. <laughs> the film is released after she passes on September 30th, 1983, and it's dedicated to her in the closing credits. Okay. So, she appears in her lifetime in 56 films for cinema and television. That is crazy. I know. That's like unheard of, I think. And one of her last interviews before her death. She is defined as our sexual con- conscious on the silver screen. Following her death, Time Magazine noted, although critical pa- praise for Wood has been sparse throughout her career, she always had work. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, a little bit of her personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, Natalie was married to actor Robert Wagner um, twice. Mm-hmm. He was, like, highly publicized all the time. They first were married on December 28th, 1957 in Scottsville, Arizona. Mm-hmm. She was 18, he was 26. And then on June 20th, 1961, the couple announced their separation in a joint press release and divorced 10 months later on April 27th, 1962. Mm-hmm. Following the marriage, she dated Warren Beatty, Michael Caine, David Niven Jr., um, she was also engaged to somebody else, but she broke it off. And then on May 30th, 1969, she marries British producer Richard Gregson after dating for nearly three years. They have the daughter, like I said, Natasha. And then Natalie filed for divorce from Gregson on August 4th, 1961, and it was finalized in 1972. Mm-hmm. Um, she then has a very short uh, relationship with the governor of California, Jerry Brown. Um, and then in January of 1972, mm-hmm. Wood restarts her relationship with Robert Wagner. They remarried on July 16th aboard the Ramble and Rose, which mm-hmm. was anchored off the off of Paradise Cove in Malibu. Um, and then their daughter Courtney was born in 1974. <laughs> uh, Natalie's sister, Lana, recalls this time, quote, her marriage was considered to be one of the best in Hollywood. There's no question that she was devoted, loving, even adoring mother and stepmother. She and J.R., which they refer to Robert Wagner as J.R., had begun with love and built from there. They had overcome each other's problems and had reached an accommodation with time and the changes time begins. As with anybody who was has settled into making a long marriage work, they're far more determined than most people to make it work. Mm-hmm. In 2013, a retired FBI agent, Donald Wilson, says that he and Natalie had a four-year affair from 1973 to 1977 while she was married to uh, Wagner. Mm-hmm. Wilson has discussed his alleged affair with Natalie on social media and tabloid articles and in in-person uh, camera in an in-person interview for cable network reels. And then in- oh my gosh i i worked for that <laughs> that's so funny 
So then in a 2001 biography of Natalie Wood, Suzanne Feinstead alleges that she, so warning, I should have said this at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I will be talking about a little bit about rape and and then I'll I'll be covering her death. Okay. Alleges that she was raped by a powerful actor when she was 16. Although the recollection of uh, Natalie's close friends, through the recollection of Natalie's close friends, which includes um, actors Scott Marlowe, Dennis Hopper, Feinstead says, quote, Though her five close friends' memories of some details or timing differ, after 45 years, the essence of what each recalls Natalie confiding in them is the same. That the same married film star Lord and tricked Natalie, raped her so brutally she was physically injured, and was too frightened or too intimidated to report it to the police. Mm-hmm. Natalie hated her former screen idol afterwards, shuddering if she heard his name. She would keep this horrible secret and behave as if nothing happened whenever their paths intersected. Too schooled by mud, her mother, and the politics of Hollywood to cross a powerful movie star. So then in 2018, her sister says, um, during a 12-part podcast about her sister's life, um, the she says that the attack occurred inside the Chateau Marmont in Hollywood, in LA mm-hmm. during an audition that went on for hours, according mm-hmm. so and then a professor, Cynthia Lucia, who apparently like studied the attack, mm-hmm. said that the rape was brutal and violent. So now her death, mm-hmm. which is also very long and I I still have a ways to go. Okay. But just a warning, it, it does, it's like, it's like, ah, kind of thing. Right. On number, November 29th, 1981, Natalie's body was found floating about 20 yards off the coast of Catalina Island. She was wearing a flannel nightgown, blue wool socks, and a red down jacket. Um, a lot of people say, including her sister, that her mother had like installed a fear of dark water into Natalie. Okay. And when she was younger, she took her to see a fortune teller, and the fortune teller told Natalie, as a child, like that she would die of drowning. And That's so scary. No. Um, she, when she was ten, she filmed a movie called The Green Promise, and during filming, she was on top of a bridge that was supposed to like it was rigged to collapse into mm-hmm. water. Mm-hmm. And she was obviously terrified, but her mom was like, no, do it. You're going to be safe. It's going to be okay. She does it. It it doesn't fall as it's supposed to. And she breaks a wrist. She falls into the water. And of course, she's 10. She's terrified. Yeah. She's so scared of water that she didn't like to watch her hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's terrible. And she would, like, have awful nightmares about drowning. Mm-hmm. So that's just some bad story because... Things will come up that you're like, why would she do that with her fear of this water? Okay. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. So it was the weekend after Thanksgiving in 1981. She had apparently invited like a ton of people to go on her yacht with her husband. But like they all declined except for Christopher Walken. So um, he was the only one who accepted the invitation to go on this yacht with Mm -hmm. her and her husband. that's sort of weird yeah so they were filming um brainstorm together the sci-fi movie Mm -hmm. and um he was in la and he he's not from la so he was like 
I have no one else to spend Thanksgiving with. I'll come with you. Mm-hmm. Apparently, she had become like infatuated with Christopher Walken to the okay. point where Robert Wagner flew out to the filming location just to make sure that he quote doesn't make a fool of himself over this. That's sort of weird. Yes. So, <laughs> That's suspicious. That's, suspicious. That's weird. So on November 27th, they left on a yacht around noon. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone, including the ship's captain, Davern, who I'll be talking about a lot too, had been drinking all weekend. All of them were incredibly intoxicated the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. So Wood, Wagner, Walken, and Davern enjoyed a champagne-filled dinner at the restaurant named Doug's Harbor Reef in Catalina before reboarding the yacht for the evening. Um, Don Whiting, the night manager of the restaurant, like saw that they were so intoxicated that he was like worried that they wouldn't even make it back to the boat. Mm-hmm. So he had called um, uh, the Harbor Patrol and was like, hey, there are four people who are going to come by and they're going to be so fucked up. Mm-hmm. Just make sure they make it. Right. Um, so they were so drunk this whole time. Natalie's uh, blood alcohol content when she was tested after death yeah. was 0.14%. Oh my God. Yeah. That's crazy. You can't drive. Drive. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. 0. 0.08. 0.808. I'm in bed asleep. You know, like, <laughs> Literally. Like, I'm like. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, on that Friday night, Wag- uh, Wagner and Wood got into an argument so bad that Davern had asked Christopher Walken to step in. He refused because he, quote, never got involved in an argument between a man and a wife. And it was so bad that Davern took Natalie to shore that night in the yacht's 13-foot dinghy, and they slept. Um, I had more information about that. Oh, sorry. So, um, the the dinghy was named the Prince Valiant, and they mm-hmm. slept in the Pavilion Lodge Hotel in Avalon. Um, so, the thing about Davern is he he's not really that uh, reputable, I guess you could say, because okay. over the years, like, he takes years to release new information about this night, mm-hmm. and then when he does release more information, it's either to a tabloid, or it's on social media, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. on an interview, it's like, he does it through ways where he can make money off of yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people believe him, it's mm-hmm. just really, like... Sketchy the way he does it. Mm-hmm. the way he does it. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the first time he was questioned about this night, he lied, saying that all four of them stayed on the yacht that night. But then the police were like, actually, no, because we know for a fact that you left the yacht. We mm-hmm. know, so, tell <laughs> so what happened um, was that he and Wood spent the night in the same room, but they just drank wine and went to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, Davin also claims that their relationship was very much of him being protective of her and he was she was comfortable with him. It wasn't mm-hmm. like sexual. It wasn't. It wasn't like a, it was platonic. It was like a big brother, little sister type of thing. Yeah. That's what he claimed. So the next morning on Saturday, November 28th, we returned to the Splendor, which is the yacht. And Natalie decides to stay for the rest of the weekend because she notices that Christopher Walken is like, no, I want to stay. I like this. Mm-hmm. So she's like, oh, okay, I'll stay. So um, 
So Christopher Walken and Natalie Wood went ashore that afternoon to begin drinking again at Doug's Harbor Reef, mm-hmm. where they were joined wet by Wagner and Davern. Um, they have two bottles of wine, two bottles of champagne. One of the guys, it doesn't say who, one of them is drinking daiquiris. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to know who it was. <laughs> so apparently, um, according to the waitress, Natalie didn't eat much of her food that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, they were stumbling, they were drunk. And, and like, to the point where they're like, can't see and they're stumbling. And, yeah. My eyes are burp. So they boarded the, so what happens is um, the boat is like docked in the middle of the water and they have to take their dinghy to the docks. Mm-hmm. So they boarded their dinghy, the Valiant, and returned to their yacht for the night at like 10. Mm-hmm. Um, as they were boarding, um, a witness said that they heard Natalie scream about something, but they had assumed that it was because she was drunk and being belligerent. Mm-hmm. Um, there's these two witnesses, John Payne and his girlfriend, Marilyn Wayne. Um, that's funny. His name is John Payne and her name is Marilyn, Marilyn Wayne. Marilyn Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it just hit me. That Payne and Wayne. They heard a woman screaming and like asking for help mm-hmm. and he there was a party going on nearby so he was like oh that's just like a party mm-hmm. being stupid um but then he hears a woman at like yelling for help and then he hears a guy respond okay honey we'll get you mm-hmm. but according to him the man sounds like he's mocking her Okay. okay, honey, I'll get you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, according to reports, um, there was a nonviolent re- argument upon aboard the yacht before Natalie disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Wagner said that he and Christopher Walken did have a political political debate that he began at dinner. Um, that that they continued onto the yacht. He describes the event saying, "Quote." There's no fight, no anger, just a lot of words being thrown like you hear in most political discussions. Natalie sat there not saying much of anything and looked bored. She left us after about half an hour, and we sat there talking for almost another hour. Mm -hmm. Then I went to kiss her goodnight and found her missing. So at 1.30 a.m. that night, Wagner and the sea captain Davern made a distress call to the Coast Guard saying that Natalie Wood had disappeared from the yacht. Mm Um. So then, six hours later, her body is discovered floating. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Prince Valiant, the inflatable dinghy, um, was found washed up on the rocks just a little further south. Interesting. The ignition was off, the gear shift was set to neutral, and the oars were locked, which um, kind of implies that she may have never started it. Like, the dinghy itself had its own engine. Okay. And the way that it was found kind of implies that she just like got on and kind of like was swept off. Okay. That's what it implies. Mm-hmm. So the coroner reports that she had drunk seven or eight glasses of wine before the incident and that her blood alcohol level was at least 0.14. Mm-hmm. So the police ultimately ruled her death as accidental. 
She is found with superficial bruises on her arms and lower legs, as well as a cut on her cheek. Though at the time, they um, were said to have been naturally occurred as she fell into the water. Mm-hmm. Like, she was just, like, knocked against the boat. Right. She, like, hit herself, whatever. So the first theory is that Natalie accidentally fell into the water and drowned. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conclusion drawn by the chief examiner of the L.A. County coroner said that Wood had fallen into the water while trying to board the valley. Um, the coroner hypothesized that her down jacket likely became heavy and soaked. Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't think to remove it because she was drunk. Drunk. Like, mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's fingernail scratches found on the side of the Valiant. Um, it, that shows that she tried to climb aboard the dinghy. Um, mm-hmm. And then likely she just began, she just got tired due to hypothermia and exhaustion. And right. it's likely she clung to the side of it as it drifted away from mm-hmm. that. However, like we know, Natalie was deathly scared of the water. Right. She was terrified. Mm-hmm. So Natalie's sister, Lana Wood, um, says this. My sister is not a swimmer. She did not know how to swim, and she would never know, never go to another boat to shore dressed in a nightgown and socks. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so that makes sense. Like, even in when you're drunk as shit, you know what you're scared of. And I feel like... But when you're that drunk, though, it's like... Yes, but it's also, like... I don't know. I feel like when I'm that drunk, I'm even more scared of what I'm scared of. Maybe. I I don't know. But it's also, like, when you've spent your whole life, like, too scared to even wash your hair... Why would you go on a yacht? Why would you go on a yacht? That's what I'm trying to think of. Like, why would you... The, she even on the yacht in the first place? Right. And also, like, the night before, her captain had taken her ashore. So, like, she could have just been like, hey, Danver, can you take me back again? Yeah, like, I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. So, Robert Wagner has released, like, a couple biographies, um, autobiographies. And so, in his 1986 one, he says... It was only after I was told that she was dressed in a sleeping gown, heavy socks, and a parka that it dawned on me what really occurred. So, right now, he's really about to, like, give you a play-by-play. Okay. For me, when people are like, here's what happened. Mm -hmm. It's, like, mm, kind of suspicious. Right. So, he says, it dawned on me what really occurred. Natalie obviously had trouble with that dinghy slamming up against the boat. It happened many, many times before, and I always gone out and pulled the ropes tighter to keep the dinghy flush against the yacht. She probably skidded one of the steps after untying the ropes. The steps are slick as ice because of the algae and seaweed that always, that's always clinging to them. After slipping on the steps, she hit her head against the boat. And then he says, I only hope she was unconscious when she hit the water. That's a little weird thing to say. Right? <laughs> but... Um, a lot of people were like, what? Because um, the Valiant was a rubber dinghy. And according to the corner that I spoke about before, he said that it would make very little noise when it hit the yacht because mm-hmm. it was rubber. So it wasn't, it wasn't like it was wood hitting wood or right. whatever. It was, it was rubber. So mm-hmm. it wasn't loud. Mm-hmm. So the coroner reports 
reported forensic evidence, including um, the algae. So like, it, when you step on algae, it, it would make a dent. You could see shoe prints or, mm -hmm. prints or whatever. There's no prints in the algae. There's mm -hmm. no untouched. It all remains the same. So he was like, that's wrong. <laughs> wrong. Um, so it appeared that Wood may have attempted to board the dinghy rather than adjust the rope. Police investigators also found a broken glass in the Spender's main saloon, mm -hmm. which Robert Wagner said it was like, oh, no, 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 that's rough seas. Um, because um, I was, it was rough and I dropped a glass or whatever. And that um, he was, that's also probably why she fell into the water because it's just rough seas. Mm -hmm. This is where Davern, his testimony differs. Mm -hmm. He says that he, that Wagner grabbed and smashed a wine bottle after going to a jealous rage over Natalie and Christopher's interaction. Okay. Um, he claims that Robert Wagner said, and I quote, Jesus Christ, what are you trying to do? Fuck my wife? Christopher Walker. <laughs> like, shit. <laughs> so then, um, Robert Wagner did blame the rough seas at first, but then he admits to have broken the wine bottle that night in the saloon in his autobiography in 2009. Hmm. So... All of these people, except for Christopher Walken, who has, like, very much been, like, I'm not talking about that night. Interesting. He, he's the only one who's, like, I'm, no. Like, but That's he, weird that he won't talk about it. But the Captain Dad, Dadvern and um, Robert Wagner, mm -hmm. he, like, every single time they say something more about this night, Something else is revealed, or like, oh, never mind, it was actually this. Right, like they keep going back and forth about it. So, um, he, in his 2009 autobiography, he admits that he broke the bottle because he was angry. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Sorry. Um, hold one. So, when. So Christopher Walken obviously did have to say something about this night because mm -hmm. um, Natalie Wood was found dead. Right. And he was one of the last people to see her alive. Mm -hmm. So obviously he was questioned. And his description of what happened that night is a lot closer to Davern's, which is like, oh, okay. Um, Christopher Walken claims an argument did break out between Wood and Wagner. Um, and it was over time spent away from the family while she was filming. Mm -hmm. And he was, he tried to defend her at first, and then he was like, wait, never mind. I want to be a part of this. <laughs> and he walks away. Mm -hmm. And he says that when he returns, the two had made amends. And Captain Dadburn also describes the event that way. So, Interesting. But instead of Wood and Wagner making up, he states that he heard the two continue to argue from where he was on the bridge of the boat, and even claims he heard the dinghy being untied. Hmm. Which... As the captain, I would feel like if I heard that, I would be like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, like, what, what are you touching? <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> so he claims there was then silence until Wagner returned about 1130 looking, quote, tousled and sweating profusely as if he had been in a terrible fight mm -hmm. or ordeal of some kind. Davern also says that Wagner discouraged him from turning on the floodlights 
or starting up the engine in any attempt to search for her, saying that Wagner said he didn't want to alert the people nearby. Davern has, said, has since said that he was always believed that something malicious has occurred, may have occurred to Wood, as he believes she would never try to go ashore alone and feels sure if she did want to return that he she would have had him take her as she mm-hmm. did the night before. Mm-hmm. Because also, like, they had been drunk that whole weekend, and the night before, she was in the state of mind to go ask him for a ride back to shore. Right. So, like, why is this? <sighs> so, at this time, the case is closed. It, it's accidental drowning. There's no suspects. But then, the case is reopened in 2011. Wow. Yes. So, in 2012, the LA County Coroner's Office changes the cause of death from accidental drowning to drowning and and other undetermined factors. Hmm. The new reports cast more questions on the nature of the bruises and abrasions on her body. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're saying that it's more likely that she got those things before she fell into the water. I wish I could say this person's name. <laughs> um, the he's they're the chief medical examiner. Examiner says in the report, "quote The locations of the bruises, the multiple." <laughs> Hold on, let me rewind. Well, right, I'm almost done. I all of a sudden just got so like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, tired of talking. Kind yeah. Of thing. Like, I'm spend the whole day silent. <laughs> You're just, like... That's what I would be. Okay, so... The doctor says that the location uh, of the bruises and, like, the multiple bruises and lack of head trauma or facial bruising um, support bruising have occurred prior to entry of the water. Since there are unanswered questions and limited additional evidence available for evaluation, it is opined by this medical examiner, a medical examiner, that Mm -hmm. the manner of death should be left undetermined. Mm -hmm. So he's saying that, like, there's so many bruises, and the location of the bruises, and the fact that there's no head trauma. Mm -hmm. It doesn't add up. It Mm -hmm. doesn't add up. He was like, this happened before she got into the water because if she did trip and fall into the water, it's likely she would have hit her head. Mm-hmm. What he, what I think is happening is that she was attacked before, like dumped into the water. And of course her fear of water, like and the fact that she, she can't swim. Mm-hmm. She probably, like, after she was dumped into the water, she probably did try to get on the dinghy. Mm-hmm. She got exhausted and drowned. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I think probably Yeah. Happened. So then, the department spokesman, Steve Whitmore, has described the case as open and ongoing. Mm-hmm. Nothing definitive has closed it. He also previously stated that Wagner was not a suspect. And then Natalie's sister, Lana, said... And this is a quote. I can't imagine that he, being Wagner, purposely would have done anything to hurt Natalie. However, I know things happen when there's too much drinking and fighting. Mm -hmm. So she's like, usually he would never do anything. 
but they were drunk. So maybe right, he did. Yeah. So Robert Wagner claim says that he does feel responsible in part for her death because he didn't know that she was gone sooner. Um, Christopher Walken has spoken on the incident as a whole, on the incident as a whole, saying the people who are convinced that there is something more to it. Then it came out in the investigation will never be satisfied with the truth because the truth is there's nothing more to admit. It was an accident. Hmm. Which feels weird. Like I just I It's like know. he's covering it up. Yes, because I feel like if, if and I the fact some, if I knew something was an accident, I would be like, it was an accident, but I understand like this is weird. Like Yeah. Well, and the fact that he's not willing yeah he's not willing to talk about it it makes it like even more suspicious well what do you know then yeah so dane rusher the former lead investigator on the case still says quote i can't exactly tell you how she got in the water Mm -hmm. so no one except i i feel that Captain Danvers, Christopher Walken, and Robert Wagner all know how she got into that water. Yeah. They all know. Mm-hmm. I feel like they definitely know. I agree. And it's just, it's so fascinating to me that it's Christopher Walken. Yeah. He's the one refusing to talk. Yeah, right? That's so, so crazy. Yes. February 1st, 2018, Robert Wagner was officially named as a person of interest in Natalie's Wood death, Natalie Wood's death. For the first time. Hmm. It was just... So, in 2018, he's a person of interest. Nothing really comes of it. Mm-hmm. But in 2020, um, a documentary series entitled In Natalie Wood, mm-hmm. Natalie Wood, What Remains Behind, her daughter, Natasha Gregson-Wagner, confronts Wagner on screen about the speculation that he did have something to do with Wood's death. Mm-hmm. And he denies the accusation. And um, and then Natasha offers her empathetic support and that she stresses that he does she does not believe that he was involved with her mother's death in any way. Mm-hmm. And that's the end. So what's crazy is that this is still very much ongoing. Yeah, it's crazy how long ago it happened. Yeah. I just want to know if we'll ever know. It's just a really weird situation. Yeah. Robert Wagner has got to be older. Well, let me see. Let me see how old Christopher well, Walken is. Yeah, I was going to say, is Christopher Walken even still alive? Christopher Walken is 77. Interesting. I think he's always been old. Isn't that, like, weird to think? Yeah, he But, I but he always has been old. old. I don't know. There's a lot of funky stuff going on there. But it's really interesting. Like, that was... That's crazy. Robert Wagner is 91. 91 years old? 91. I'm hoping that, like, on his deathbed, he's like, I pushed her. I did it. Like, just let us know. Christopher Walken did it. Because if he... if 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 one of them actually did do it... It's crazy that they got away with it for yeah. this long. And what's crazy to me is that um, Captain Danvers is still coming out with stuff about that night. And it's like, why didn't you just say yeah, it all? Why aren't you saying this now? It makes it seem like he's just making it up, though. Yeah. 
the latest um, was from 2019 that he spoke about it. Hmm. So like every couple of years, he goes onto a a TV show to talk about it. He's like, I need to pay my bills. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. I just feel like I want justice for Natalie Wood. Mm -hmm. She fucking, I don't know. It just seemed that like she worked so hard her entire life. To be fucking pushed off or fell off again. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. But, like, I still don't understand, like, why she would get on the yacht to begin with. I know. That's a, a lot of people are like, why was she on the yacht if she's so afraid of water? Yeah. I don't know. Because, um, her husband was like, get on the yacht. Yeah, like, could, could have, like, made her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or it was because Christopher Walken, someone that she was apparently infatuated with, was like, yeah, I'll go on the yacht with you. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh my god, he's gonna come. He's gonna- <laughs> no, yeah, I know. There's a lot, like, I don't know. And it's just like, you know that these people have more answers to it, and they're just like, not yes. saying anything. Interesting. Saying anything. Wow. That was really good, Caroline. Claps. Claps. <laughs> You're like... That's crazy. It knocked me out. I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah, me too. <sighs> it's like a lot to digest. Right? It was a lot of information. Mm-hmm. But like, that's so crazy. And it's like really sad. It is very sad. Especially since it was, it felt like, I don't want to say that she didn't have a happy life because... We didn't know her. Mm-hmm. But it felt like she had a very um, tiresome life. And at the time that this happened, it seemed like she was finally, like, gaining control of her life. Yes. And looking, she, yeah. and, like, looking to do stuff that she wanted yeah. to do. She was buying rights for, for, for movies. She mm-hmm. was, like, it, yeah, like you said, it felt like she was, like, figuring out how to regain control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So that is the life of Natalie Wood. Stay tuned in the upcoming years for more, more developments <laughs> of the story. That's so crazy. I'm so tired. Me too. Okay. Should we end this shebang? Yeah, sure. Where can they find you on socials, Caroline? At Caroline J. Campos on Instagram. Follow me at Emily Liz Fink on Instagram and follow us at Not So Famous Pod on Instagram. Go give us a like, a review. Don't forget. Yeah. Are you guys into like murder, suspiciousness? Are you? What do you into? What do you want to know? Right. What do you want? What do you want to know? Um. Don't forget paparazzi of the week. Still gonna be a thing. We. I will send you two Advils and a. McDonald's barbecue sauce. <laughs> if you review us, and tell ten of your friends. And you pay the shipping. <laughs> and you pay the shipping. <laughs> um, but thank you guys for tuning in this week. See y'all next week. Kisses. Bye. Bye.